0: everybody. Welcome to our Thursday night Parashat Tav Shavua class on Wednesday. Of course, tomorrow we are commemorating some Shiva Asar B'tammuz. It's very difficult to uh, to say words when we're in the middle of a fast. Um, so we have moved or pushed earlier the Parasha class to Wednesday. This week we are studying... Uh, we are studying Parashat Pinchas. And the Pinchas is uh, one of the more special parashiot of the Torah. Not only does it deal at the beginning with Pinchas' reward for his actions at the end of last week's parashah, but also it deals uh, uh, a lot with the, the korbanot that were offered on the holiday. Of course, every holiday that we celebrate in the Jewish calendar, we read from Parashat Pinchas during the Maftir, It's a very, very holy parasha. Uh, in a non-leap year, such as this one, Pinchas is always read during the Yemei Ben HaMetzarim. Ben HaMetzarim are the three weeks beginning with the 17th of Tammuz that is uh, tonight or tomorrow and concludes with Tishab'av And the name Ben HaMetzarim stems from the following pasuk in Megillat Echa, All of her pursuers overtook her. Ben HaMetzarim literally translated as between the narrow straits or between the times of of trouble. And it's during these three weeks, it's incumbent upon each and every Jew to feel distress and pain over the Beit HaMikdash and its destruction the exile of the Jewish people, and of course, it's extremely vital that we spend extra time praying for Klal Israel and that Hakadosh Baruch Hu send the complete and final Geulah, the final redemption. Bimera Amen. The Gemara teaches us in Masechet Megillah that the reading of a that the reading of a haftarah on um, any given week is not coincidental there's always some sort of connection Ezra Sofer arranged the reading of the Haftarah um, to uh, to coincide with various Shabbatot for good reason and therefore there is a very very special connection between Pinhas and the three weeks and the connection is that we read the Parashah Pinchas, but we don't read the Haftarah of Pinchas. We read the Haftarah of Matot, that is the, the custom. But yeah, we are reading the Parashah of Pinchas, so Ezra Sofer wanted us to read specifically Pinchas during the three weeks, that's how we set up the calendar, even though we're not reading its Haftarah. Um, why is this so? Why is the Parashah of Pinchas always have to fall out on or most of the time, ninety percent of the time during the three weeks, so the Benei Sakhar writes in the name of the Arizal in Shara Kavanot, and he says, quoting the Arizal, that the months of the year correspond to, uh, and a, correspond to different parts of a person's face. See what the Arizal writes, and the two months of the year that we are currently in, Tammuz and Av, which are arguably the sadder months, being that we have the two fasts. The months of Tammuz and Av represent a person's two eyes. Again, 12 months corresponding to 12 parts of the face, and the months of Tammuz and Av correspond to the two eyes. And on these two eyes, uh, the, the Megillah Echa uh, laments and says, "Al This is what we read on Tisha B'Av. Over these I weep. E'ni, E'ni, My eye, my eye runs with water. Meaning my eyes shed these mournful tears over the Churban Betamigdash. So, therefore, the months of Tammuz and Av, Correspond to these two eyes. In fact, we see an allusion to this in Moshe Rabenu's response to Akadosh Baruch Hu, when God assigned him the mission to go back to Mitzrayim and take the Jewish people out of Egypt. God says to Moshe Rabenu, "Shelach na be'yad tishlach, send by hand whomever you will send." Sorry, Moshe Rabenu tells God, "Send by whoever you want to send." What did Moshe Rabbeinu mean by saying, Shelach na'biyad tishlach? The Targum Yonatan writes that Moshe Rabbeinu told God to send none other than Pinchas. Let Pinchas go and perform your mission now. Why? Because it's going to be Pinchas who will be worthy to be sent at the end of days, in the days of Mashiach. In other words, Moshe requested that Pinchas be sent right now because Pinchas who Eliyahu. Pinchas is Eliyahu whom HaKadosh Baruch hu is going to send at the end of the days to bring in the Geulah Shelema. Where do we find an allusion to this idea that Moshe Rabenu was requesting that God send Pinchas and not him? So, amazingly, you could see it hinted in the Pesukim. The pasuk writes, Vayar Adonai kisar lirot." Hashem saw that Moshe Rabbeinu by the burning bush turned aside to see kisar lirot, and the word "sar" samech resh is a gematria of two hundred and sixty, and two hundred and sixty possesses the numerical value of ein twice. Ein is an eye. Ein yud it's hundred and thirty, and you have two eyes, and Corresponds to the 260. so the pasuk can be interpreted as follows: Moshe Rabbeinu foresaw in the future that the two months of Tammuz and Av, corresponding to the two eyes, will not be completely remedied until the arrival of who? Pinchas, which is Eliyahu, which is the uh, the the Geulah Shalema. and therefore. The gematria of Pinchas and Eliyahu, two hundred and eight and fifty-two equals two hundred and sixty, which is two times ein, like we said. So this is a reason why Moshe or this, or At least explains the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was reluctant to take Israel out of Mitzrayim. He didn't want to do it. He wanted Hakadosh Baruch Hu to send Pinchas instead. Pinchas and Hu Eliyahu. He's going to announce the arrival of the complete keulah in the time of Mashiach, which is the permanent tikkun of the two eyes, the rectification of the Tammuz and the Av, which correspond to the two eyes, alleviating the need for any future exiles. So therefore, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted. When I, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu respond to Moshe? Al tikrav halom. Al tikrav halom means literally don't come any closer. But what HaKadosh Baruch who really told Moshe was the time for the Geulah, the complete Geulah, has not arrived yet. You Alti can't, You can't bring it any closer. Right now, your job, Moshe, is to go get the Jewish people out. I know you want to rush it and get Pinchasu Eliyahu to do it, but that's not the time right now. Um now we see in this week's Pedashah, and we're gonna get back to these two eyes. We see in this week's parashah that Hakadosh Hu rewarded Pinchas for his act of zeal, of zealotry, which saved Bnei Israel from annihilation. This Pinchas, we said, he will be a avi, will announce to Bnei Israel the arrival of the Mashiach, the future Geulah, the beginning of this par- This week's parashah says, et me'al Pinchas. <laughs> Turned back my wrath from the Jewish people, the Kanot ki when he zealously avenged me among them. So therefore I did not consume Bene with my vengeance, therefore I give him a covenant of peace. Shalom. Says the Targum Yonatan, beautiful Perush, he says, I will establish my peace covenant with him by making him an angel. And a messenger who will live for all of eternity. This is why we know that Pinchas and Eliyahu never died. We'll get back to this later as well. And he's going to be the one who will be announced the redemption of the time of Mashiach. He is the one who ascended to the heavens while still alive without experiencing death. And he will herald the Geulah for Israel at the end of days. It's a little bit difficult to understand. Where do we find the pasuk "Hineni noten lo ad beriti shalom"? Behold, I give Pinchas a covenant of peace. Where do we find any reference to the fact that Pinchas is destined to become Eliyahu and to announce the future, the final redemption? For that, we look in the midrash, in the Yakut Shimoni, where it was said in the name of Rish Lakish, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, who said, "Pinchas, who Eliyahu, Hakados Baruch hu said to Pinchas." you establish peace between Bene Israel and me in this world, in Olam so too in the future, you will be the one to establish peace between me and and my children. And of course, quoting the famous Pasuk in Malachi, that, behold, I send you, Eliyahu, the coming of the great and awesome day of Hashem, he will turn back the hearts of the fathers with their sons, and the hearts of sons with uh, their fathers. So now that we've achieved a little bit of a better understanding as to why Pinchas was chosen by Ezra, Parashat Pinchas was chosen by Ezra to be read during the Ben HaMetzarin, during these three weeks, because we learn in this parashat that Pinchas merited to become Eliyahu Hanavi through the Berit Shalom that was given to him to bring in the future Geulah, And therefore... Pinchas, which is Eliyahu, will complete the tikkun of the two eyes, the months of Tammuz and Av, alluded by the name Pinchas and Eliyahu, like we said, which equals two times 130, 130 being the value of the word Ein, which is I. And therefore, we should. Uh, 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 it's important to mention this idea at the onset of Ben HaMitzarim. we're about to start the three weeks of Ben Mitzarim, so that we pray to Akadosh Baruch Hu, to bring Eliyahu Navi to usher in the future Geulah as these two months become rectified. There is a principle in Mas- in, Mas- in Mas in Megillah. It's a very famous line. You may have heard of it. The principle says, "Bamidash sheAdam moded ba mod uh, baAdam sheAdam sh'ad, moded ba modedin lo." By a measure that a man measures, others measure him. Others in reference to the heavenly court. How does Pinchas' reward, and we just said it's a huge reward. How does Pinchas' reward qualify as midah keneged midah? What did he do to deserve such an amazing merit, an amazing uh, miracle uh, that, that you know he becomes Eliyahu and Abi, reward to announce the coming of the Mashiach? Well, also, in order for us to bring the Geulah quicker during these three weeks, as we mentioned, what do we need to accomplish during these months of Tammuz and Av? And again, how in, is it any way corresponding to these two eyes alluded in the Pasuk, like we said at the beginning, Lastly, last question, is what is the meaning of this pasuk that opens a parasha that pinchas ben aaron hashivet hamati meal b'nei israel that pinchas turned back the wrath from upon b'nei israel should have just said heshiv et chamati me'al Israel? so with your permission today i want to just go a little bit deeper um, to explain what exactly Pinchas was facing at that moment of courage at the end of last week's parasha, what he did. And I don't think you're going to look at it the same way again. Um, HaKadosh Paruchu imposed the death penalty to mankind, as we know, after the sin of the Chet HaEgel, after Adam and Chava ate from the Etz Hadat. Um, even though it's beyond our ability to totally defy death prior to Tehiyat death comes to everybody, um, but we can at least attempt to delay our death um, by, by living a uh, productive life and one full of mitzvot. And we know there's many things that we, we bless people, yamim, we do mitzvot that have that type of reward of, it's Mispari mecha Amalei Hakadosh promises us that that our, that our days He will fill out. Um, they said the Gemara writes in Masechet Avodah Zarah that the Malacham Mavet is full of eyes. Shekula Maleinaim. The Malacham Mavet is 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 something is an angel that is full of eyes all around. This is a Gemara Masechet uh, uh, Avodah Zarah. Page 20b. And when a person is about to die, the Malach stands above the person's head and it has a sword in its hand. And on that sword is a drop of poison, deathly poison. And as soon as the sick person, the Choleh, sees the Malach he shudders, opens its mouth, and then the Malachamavit throws the poison into the mouth of the of the ill and from that he dies and from that the body decays and rots what exactly does this mean this gemara is very very peculiar very strange again you can open up any talmud and read it. what exactly is happening here why is the Malachamavit something that is full of eyes and as you can see we're on this theme of eyes today tonight so Pinchas Friedman writes beautifully that he says, look at the Pasuk in Kohelet. Pasuk in Kohelet writes, Tov yeled misken vechacham mimelech zaken uksil A poor but wise young boy is preferable to an old and foolish king. What does it mean? A poor and yeah, uh, what? But wise young boy is preferable to an old and foolish king. So Rashi on the on the pasuk says that the poor wise boy is the yetzer hatov, the good inclination, because as a young boy, it's referred to as a young boy because it doesn't enter um, man until he's thirteen years old. Girls for uh, twelve years old, and it's described as poor and unfortunate. The good inclination. Because the body, bodily limbs don't listen to it as they do the Yetzer Hara. Um, and it's described as wise because it guides man what to do for good. The king, on the other hand, is a Yetzer Hara. And it's referred to as a king because it rules over all the limbs of the body. And it's considered old because the Yetzer Hara enters man from the moment of birth. Ki yetzer and it's described as foolish because it misleads a person to go astray along a uh, a wayward path. Now the Ma'aral writes, why is the Yetzer Hatov considered wise? Why is it portrayed as wise? It's based on the idea of Eze ucham who is considered wise? A person who can foresee the consequences of his actions. That's brought down in uh, Masechet Tamid. So he realizes, this person, this wise person realizes that if he sins, he will be held accountable for that sin. And therefore he does not fall prey to sin. And if he does sin, if he does avera, He performs teshuvah right away. So when the Yetzirah persuades a person to commit an Averah, the Yetzir Tov, the good inclination, provides him with moral support, it encourages him not to sway more or to be tempted by the nonsense and all the horrible things that this world offers. It helps make a person realize that by by following his desires and his cravings is, uh, and, and being enticed by the yitzara, a person will, will suffer the consequences eventually. So says Rav Pinchas Friedman a beautiful Hiddush, and he says the following, Man was given two eyes. That's what I, I tried hooking you all in today. Why does man have two eyes? Man was given two eyes for the following reason. One reason, a man, one eye is to recognize his own insignificance. A person has to be humble. And a person should use his eye to look at himself. lowly. shefad ruach. What am I missing? How am I deficient? And eventually that will lead him to be better. One eye is to view himself that way. And the second eye is to recognize the greatness of the Creator, the the wonders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is um, alluded to in um, a certain law that we have during the Chagim, Aliyah Regil. Every year, three times a year, during Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, the Jewish people are commanded to go up to Yerushalayim, and bring korbanot. It's called aliyah la They will make aliyah to Yerushalayim. There's a halakha that writes, suma be'achat me'anav patur min A person who is blind in one eye, he's exempt from the obligation of going to the Bet HaMidah. Because a person isn't capable of seeing, um, then he can't realize where he is. He won't understand... The holiness of the place that he stands, and therefore he's patur, he's exempt, doesn't have to go. If he wants to go Kollekhovo, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to go all the other regular. But based on what we said, we can we can say differently. Hakadosh Baruch created man with eyes so that he could see and be aware of his greatness and the blessings that he brings upon. Man was provided with many things. He was provided with clothing. He was provided with food and with drink. To nourish and sustain his body, all these great material things, and he was prized. He was provided with many, many ways to sustain himself and provide for himself. But the Yetzer that clings to a man, provides or poses as a constant threat, and attempts a person to satisfy all these human worldly desires in a way that is opposite. The teachings of the Torah. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, therefore created man with two eyes. With one eye, he has to see and consider the current needs and demands of Olam What do I need right now and how is that going to make me better or closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But with the other eye, he has to uh, envision the future. He has to anticipate the consequences of his action. yes. I really, really want that food. But if that food isn't kasher, or if that food isn't healthy, then what will the consequences of my action be? What is going to leave me? So for instance, will eating this food, or performing this avera, be viewed, or this action, be viewed positively in the future, or not? And if it's not, then I'm going to be held accountable by Akados Baruch Hu in the future. So that's what it meant, the, the, the halakha, if a person only sees life from the perspective of the one eye, focusing on the present, seeing only what is pleasurable for the body right now, then he's exempt from the obligation of appearing in the Beta HaMikdash. It's preferable that he not be able to see the world around him at all. Um, because if he, can't, if he doesn't know what his, the future consequence of his actions is going to be, then there's no point. Let's go back to the sin of the etzadat, of adam and chava, which we've spent many, many times discussing over the course of these shiurim. And interesting that we see psukim that deal a lot with vision. Uh, the pasuk writes, "Vater ha'isha ki ha'etz le'ma'achal. The woman saw that the tree was good for eating, and it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was desirable for comprehension. She took of the fruit and ate, and she gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. Alright, this is the, for the, pasu, the psukim in Parashat Bereshit. So Rashi says, commenting on the last uh, phrase, and the eyes of both of them were opened. And Rashi says, this was not said in regards to actual sight, but the eyes of both of them were open, was said in regards to wisdom. And the, he says the end of the Pasuk proves this. Because the Pasuk says, and they realized they were naked. Even a blind man realizes when they're naked, right? If a blind person is not wearing clothes, this is all Rashi, then he knows he's blind. He, he, doesn't, he knows he's not wearing clothes. You don't have to see that you're not wearing clothes. So, therefore, what does it mean when the Pasuk says they realized they were naked? It was one mitzvah that they were given, and they were naked of it. They were barren from it, they didn't have it. And they realized that they were lacking. So says the, um, the Chachamim on this little story, this famous episode in Bereshit. Prior to the monumental sin of the Chet Etzadat, uh, man could fulfill the will of a Baruch Hu without actually dying. All he needed to do, was consider the consequences of violating HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. That's all he needed to do. Knowing that he was going to be held accountable for his actions, and that was enough while, while he was still alive. That's why the Pasuk says, Ki bayom acholcha mot tamut. That, that on the day that you eat from that tree, you will die. That's what God told Adam. Mavet or mot zeh, tamut you will have death in this world and you will die in Olam In other words, even after his demise in this life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will punish him in Gainam in the next world. But after the Chet, after the, uh, the sin of the Etadat, the situation changed, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, which was previously just an external force, entered the beings of man right now. It entered all living creatures. Rashi says that the, the yetsara had not been placed in him until he ate from that tree. From that point on, the could only be uh, can be only overcome through death. That's the only way you could beat the yetzahara. It's when a person actually dies. David HaMelech writes in Teilim, mi, mi What man lives and will not see death? Who will rescue his soul from the grasp of the, of the grave? In other words, it's impossible for a man to live a life of Torah without envisioning death. It's impossible. We all envision death. For, for without, if a person doesn't envision death at the end of his life, he will fall prey to Yitzharam. Right, the 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 Gemara tells us very clearly: the person wants to do teshuvah, think that today is the last day of his uh, of his life. If a person believes today is the last day I'm going to live, he will spend his whole life doing teshuvah. The Rambam also uh, writes this in his Hilchot Teshuvah. So we we do think of death. So if uh, therefore only by contemplating the reality of mavit of death is a man able to overcome all. Of the of the evil inclination and save his soul from the suffering of Gainam. So therefore, the Nachash, the snake, which we know corresponds to the Yetzehara, the evil inclination, the Satan, it's all one being, trapped Adam and Chava by blinding them to the future consequences of their actions. <laughs> They only took into account the way things appeared to them at that moment. And that's how the Nachash successfully made the object of desire appealing to them by deceiving them and, uh, and disguising the truth. Um, from Adam's perspective, seeing only the present situation without considering the future consequences, the temptation was too great. I'm only looking right now. Right now I see this delicious fruit on the tree. It's going to provide me with that. All I'm thinking about is right now. And it was too great to resist. And it was impossible to withstand. And therefore Chava couldn't also resist the, the Nachash's uh, argument. So she took the fruit, she ate the fruit, and she gave it to her husband. Right? And that's what the Pasuk says. And immediately after they eat from the fruit, the eyes of both of them were opened. And that's a different that, that's a problem. How can you say that their eyes were open? They already were open because the pasuk writes right before that 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 Chavah saw that the tree was good to eat. How so that means her eyes were open. So why now that does she eat the fruit and says ah her eyes are open? So Ra's Rashi resolved the dis- difficulty like we said. It's not a physical sight that now took place that her eyes were open. It's a matter of chokhmah. The pasuk is revealing wisdom because Immediately after committing the sin and realizing that all the desires and eating from that tree was just an illusion, it was something for the present moment, their eyes were open with regards to chokhmah. They comprehended that to overcome the yitzharan, to overcome the Nachash, the snake and the Satan, you need to open your eyes with chokhmah, And it would be necessary to be wise and recognize the consequences of one's action and, and realize that it's not worth it to sin. Because in the end, they would die and be held accountable by Akados Baruch Hu. And that's what it is. Now, when we go back to that Gemara. That Gemara that said when a person is on his deathbed and he sees the malachamavit, and the malachamavit is full of eyes. Full of eyes. Where's full of eyes? HuSatan, Who HuMalach malachamavit? The angel of death is the Satan, is the Yetzara. It's all one being. They're one and the same. Every time a person sins... In this world, it is due to his failure to engage the second eye to consider whether or not the action that he is doing right now will be viewed positively in the future or not. The Yetzer Hara confiscates all of the sinner's sight, all of his eyes, all that that eye that you were supposed to use to look in the future, to say, to see is this action worth it right now for me? Is this Avera, go, What is? It, how is it going to stand in bedin shel mala? But you didn't use that eye. So when it's this person's time to die at the at the end of 120 years and it's time to move on, the malacha mavet, who is full of eyes, eyes of who? Eyes of the sinner. Eyes of the person who performed, unfortunately, Averot in this world. He comes and he arrives to this world to take him out. And he's displaying all these eyes. This is the explanation of the Gemara. What does this have to do with Pinchas? So let's get back to Pinchas. Pinchas was rewarded to being Eliyahu. Like we said, Pinchas hu Eliyahu. He would live forever and announce the arrival of the future Geulah. When Zimri ben Salu at the end of last week's parasha was speared to death while he was cohabitating with a Kozbi Batsur, that's what the Pasuk writes. He took a spear in his hand and he followed him into the tent and pierced them both. And only then was the plague halted. The Gemara tells us that six miracles took place on behalf of Pinchas. And uh, and, and these miracles enabled Pinchas to kill both Zimri and the Midianite woman, Kozbi, with one blow and take them out together while they were still conjoined together as one. Two of the miracles that took, two out of the six that took place was that they did not fall off the spear. The spear was very long and uh, some say that he even lifted them up and they didn't fall off the spear. And the second miracle is that the Malach came and elevated the tent. He elevated the lintel on the top of the doorway and that allowed everybody to see that Pinchas deservingly killed them because they were for, uh, performing a forbidden act. The question is, why was it necessary for Pinchas to display the dead bodies of Kozbi and Zimri in such in such a way? Why did this need to happen? Just go there and kill him. that's it. Why? We have the Malach lifting up the tent, lifting up the spear, look, I killed him. So based on what we said, maybe it makes a lot of sense. Rav Levi Yitzchak Bardichev says that that in the future we will go up to Akadosh Hu and we will say god why do you have allegations against your children if you would take the concept of gainam the concept of hell out of this of this world and display it publicly for everyone to see then no one will be uh, no one will be enticed to sin but now that you Store Gehinam. No one knows what Gehinam is. We hear the concept, but then you keep it hidden. And, and and therefore no one really knows what it is. How can you legitimately come to B'nai to your children, with allegations of things that they did? So what did Pinchas do? What Pinchas actually did was that he displayed Gehinam in this world, says Rav Levi Yitzhami the Pasuk says, The name of the person who was slain was Zimri Ben Salu, the, the tr- leader of the tribe of Shimon. The Orachaim HaKadosh explains the significance of this Pasuk. Why do you need to tell me the ma- name of the man who was struck was uh, Zimri Ben Salu, and the name of the woman is Kozbi Batsur. Because he says, anybody that commits an Averam that avera, that sin envelops him and it escorts him to the next world, to Bedin Shalman on the day of, uh, day of Judgment up in Shamaim. It attaches to him like a dog, just like we see that when Yosef refused to live with the wife of Potiphar, the Pasuk ra- writes, he didn't. He would not listen to her to lie with her. And the Rashi says, according to Gemara, to lie with her in this world and to be with her in the next world. He didn't want that averah to cling to him even in olam haba, because the sin attaches to a person like a dog attaches himself to its owner. And therefore, this pasuk, the Orachayim Kadosh, whose hilula was it was actually um um on on tuesday um the just this past tuesday the, yesterday uh, or haim kadosh says this is the meaning he was slain with the midianite woman the pasuk says asher et he was slain together with her because he was punished not only by being killed in this world but by that sin being accomp- uh, uh, being accompanying him all the way to the next world as well. He was accompanied by the Midani woman, that destructive force that was generated by his Averam to punish him and torture him and gain him. So this was Pinchas's intent. He saw that the wicked Bilam, it's all connected from Bilam, with a pierced eye managed to entice B'nai Yisrael to sin by preventing them from envisioning the future, from knowing what consequences will lay ahead for their negative actions that they do, the fact that they neglected the second eye, they only cared about the present, and they chased after their lusts. So without hesitation, what did Pinchas do? Without hesitation, Pinchas placed himself in harm's way he zealously defended the honor of HaKadosh Baruch He displayed the reality of Gehinam to all of Ben Israel, so they could witness with both of their eyes the punishment that God held in store for the Reshaim in Gehinam. You want to know what's going to happen when you mess up? This is what's going to happen when you mess up. Gehinam is going to come to you and you're going to have to pay for it. And therefore he was willing to sacrifice his life if need be. By killing Zimri and the Midianite woman together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu assisted him in doing so. By making all these murals take place. That the spear would go through both of them in the spot of the Avera. And that he would lift them up and the spear wouldn't break. And the Malach would come and lift up the tent so that everybody could see. So show B'nai Israel in the present at this moment how they would be punished in Gainam in the future if they were to sin. And only then when he was able to restore the fear of God in front of all the Jewish people, only then the plague was halted because the Malachamavit no longer had any customers which to confiscate their eyes because they were willing to use both of their eyes at this moment. That's why the plague stopped and everyone stopped dying. And now this is what Hakados Baruch Hu alluded to all of the above by saying to Moshe Rabbeinu in the beginning of this week's parashah Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron me'al That very same anger, that very same wrath that was characterized by the fire of Geinam that was looming over the Jewish people in the upper realm was redirected downwards. When? When he avenged my honor, by recreating the vengeance of Geinam by killing uh, Zimri and Kozbi in this world. He was willing to sacrifice his life by killing the two of them simultaneously so that the Jewish people would experience the terror of judgment um, in Olam HaZeh, So they'll be worried, they'll be fearful and not have to face it uh, in Olam Haba if they were to sin. So that's why, or that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewarded Pinchas with midah keneged midah. Hineni noten lo ad beriti shalom. Right? I'm giving him a covenant of peace. What did we say at the beginning of the Shiur? What did the Targum Yonatan say? That his reward was that he became Eliyahu Navi. Eliyahu Navi who was granted eternal life. He was designated to announce a Geulah by killing Zimri and this Mijani woman. Pinchas restored the eyes the Einayim to Bnei Israel, enabling them to look at the future consequences, namely that they would be held accountable for their actions. He put a halt to the plague that was spreading through the people because the Malach no longer had the eyes of the people in his possession. And at the same time, at the same time, he achieved a personal tikkun, a personal rectification with regards to the chet etzadat, to the sin of the of the etzadat, of Adam and Chava, because it was because that sin of eating from the tree that brought death to the world, because Adam and Chava neglected to use their eyes to envision the future, and because Pinchas rectified that, this explains why Pinchas lived forever without tasting the bitterness of death, because he was able to fix that by doing that tikkun in front of all B'nei Israel. This is what the Fasuk means. In the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to send Eliya Nabi in a great, awesome day. He will turn back the hearts of fathers with their sons and the hearts of sons with their fathers. Teaches us that Eliya Nabi will inspire B'nei Israel to do Teshuvah. He will teach them to use both their eyes to envision the future, and by doing so, that's when Bnei Yisrael will merit the future Geulah, when the with with Tehiyat and total death will be abolished. This is the Midah Keneged Midah. By opening up the Jewish people's eyes to consider the future by killing Zimri and Kozbi and exposing them to the horrible punishment that lies await in Geinam, he saved them from annihilation. And now, going all the way back to what we started with. We can appreciate what tikkun what we need to do. Everyone listening here today and starting tomorrow with the three weeks What was me what must we strive for to accomplish during the months of Tammuz and Av, the months that correspond to the two eyes depicted in the Pasuk. Ayani Yordamaim. My eyes, my eyes it is dripping with tears. The source of the flaw in these two months that caused the khurban of two very holy temples was that B'nai Israel failed to use both their eyes properly. They only used one eye to appreciate the benefits of, uh, that they enjoyed in Olam this world and therefore they damaged both eyes, Ani ani So therefore the tikkun of this tragic flaw is to use both our eyes to sanctify our actions in olam hazeh in this world. Every action that we do should involve a combination of both types of sight. With one eye we have to see the positive, we have to see the good in the matters pertaining to olam hazeh as we've spoken about many times, the house that we live in, the food that we eat, and connected to our Baruch Hu, but as well it is extremely essential that we do so in combination with the second eye. The second eye envisioning the future consequences and ramifications of every single action that we perform. Everything that we do must be L'Shem Shamayim to satisfy God's will. If we follow this simple plan, we won't be ashamed when we stand in front of a Baruch Hu to account for our actions after 120 years. And that's the remes. Now we can appreciate the allusion of the remez from the that we mentioned at the beginning of the shiur that the tikkun of the two months representing the two eyes will be achieved only with the coming of Pinchas Eliyahu. Pinchas Eliyahu, the gematria equaling two times ayin, two times one thirty, which is two sixty. That is the sacred, holy function of Eliyahu Navi. It is his job to complete what Pinchas Began to make all of Bene Israel cognizant of the punishment Hakadosh Baruch Hu has in store for the Reshaim in Gehinam. That's what Eliyahu Navi will do in preparation for the final Geulah. Ve'shiv al banim ve'lev banim al avotam. This is what we pray for. This is what we must strive for during these three weeks. In Bezrat Hashem, we will not commemorate this year's Tisha B'av, but rather we will celebrate Tisha B'av as a holiday. With the coming of the third Bet Amigdash and the rebuilding of it. Bimrabi Amenu Amen. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Good night.